You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And today we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which we'll be going in to see in just a few moments. <laughs> uh, and so uh, first, though, we're going to do our normal opening segment, the weekly watch, and, and yeah. chat a little bit about things we've been watching uh, before we head into the theater. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Oh, why don't you start? Okay, great. Um, ooh, there's, so I've watched a ton of stuff, but to pick like one right now, um, I watched Nobody on HBO Max. Oh yeah, good. It's been on there for quite a while. I watched yeah. it the other day. I was just thinking, oh, I, you know, <laughs> there's a, you know, it's a short 90 minute yeah. film. It, this it, was great. I, I thought it was great. I loved it. I loved, I loved it a lot. It, it was like, I mean, completely not what I expected. It was like John Wick meets Home Alone, and I think the best part was that Christopher Lloyd was in it. I I, I liked so much about that movie. Um, Rizzo's in it too, right? Yeah, I, I yeah, love he plays that the brother. I mean, he he's yeah. so good. Um, well, I, he doesn't even show up for more than like five minutes or ten minutes at the end, right? Let's just his voice on like a radio for right. a little bit. So, uh, yeah, that was wonderful. That was great. It it, it was one of those like um, it's a it's a movie. I guess what we should say, if people are listening and haven't seen it, is it's a movie you should definitively go into knowing nothing. Yeah. The key to having the best time with that film is not to know what it's going to be doing, or you know, it it subverts expectations, it, but both takes you places that you expected it to go. It, right. It's it's like almost as if everything's playing by the exact rules of the genres. Uh -huh. It's in and yet it's subverting expectations which i mean i think that's what makes it as good as it is yeah it's great so highly recommend hbo max check it out probably a sequel i would expect. i would imagine i would imagine it'll be a it sequel. was too good for and it made some money yeah yeah what have you watched uh okay yeah um so i'm gonna start with the thing i just finished um and that's the parallax view i watched this oh uh i mean th this is uh one of those sort of criterion bumps right um Mm -hmm. where uh, I'm uh, you know, on Criterion and suddenly there's a popular film. And the reason I decided to watch it was not because of the film itself. Um, hang on a second. <laughs> uh, but because of the filmmakers. Mm. Who made so, it? Uh, well, hang on just a second for me. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, there it is. So the, the key for me is, I mean, um Alan Pakula direct or directed it produced it whatever like and it's a he's a name of that sort of um what do I want to say the paranoia of the 1970s cinema sure but the thing that really got me interested it's a Warren Beatty film which I had almost no interest mm. in and William Daniels is in it who you know from uh the uh, you know, I know him know. But I know him from 1776 but you know him from oh, Boy Meets World uh, you know, um, I've never really watched Boy Meets World. Uh, well, okay, well, your, your your kids may have your but... wife. Your your <laughs> wife watched a lot of Boy Meets World, but the reason why um, I watched it was because of of Gordon Willis, hmm. who's the cinematographer, um, and he's the cinematographer for Godfather One, Godfather Two, yeah, Godfather okay. Three. I, was say, I know that name. All the President's Men, um, and uh, I. I find his cinematography to be quite beautiful. And so it's just like movie that fits into a worldview 
that I'm interested in. It's, you know, it's the precursor to All the President's Men, which I think is like mm. a, one of the great films of the era, if not all time. And uh, I got to tell you that um, the cinematography is astounding. Not, I mean, extraordinary. The, yeah. the use of shadow, um, the framing of shots is, I mean, it's just thrilling. Now, mm. There's junk in it, okay? Sure. Like, it's not a perfect film. There's a super weird bar fight in the middle of it that makes <laughs> no sense. And the final sequence is a little bit... There's a part of the final sequence that's weak. Hmm. But just to see human beings in giant-scaled environments, beautifully shot on film, Ooh, it really yeah. does remind you why film is a great medium as opposed to digital cinema. So yeah. I'd recommend it highly. Um, and it's not a long what, film. What was the name of the movie again? The Parallax View. Warren Beatty. What um, was it made? It's 74, I think. Okay. 1974. Okay. Yeah. And and it was on Criterion, you said. And it's on Criterion, but right. I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to find it other places. Sure. So yeah, it's... it's um, Clute is their pairing in 1972. Parallax View is their pairing in 74, and then 76 or 7 is All the President's Men. And gotcha. they, they did all three of those films cool. in a pair. Wow. And the Godfather stuff in between, which, I mean, that you know how gorgeous that oh, is. Oh, man, yeah. So Amazing. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. Great. So Criterion, check that out, uh, or elsewhere if you can find it somewhere else. Um, sure. Uh, last for me here was I watched Licorice Pizza Oh yeah. the how other about, day. How about that? Um. I'm, I'm, I think as I was watching this, I'm like, I think I realized, I don't know if I've actually seen any other Paul Thomas Anderson films, <laughs> which ashames me a little bit. Like I'm, right. I'm, I'm ashamed of that. Um, and I'm not sure this was the right PTA film for me to watch first. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I, I do. Um, you haven't seen this, have you? I have not. Okay. That's why I'm interested. Um, so for me, I, I don't know. I'm just going to read like the first paragraph from my letterbox review because I don't know how else to describe this. So I think I enjoyed this as much as I would actually enjoy licorice on pizza. Uh, <laughs> most bites are exactly what I want until I bite into a chunk of licorice mixed with bread, cheese and sauce. So like it's it's this it's so such a weird movie where like nothing really happens, but a lot of stuff happens at the same time. And it's, it's got this weird like pta is like an auteur like for sure right, right, but right. his cinematic language is still so familiar right. to like the rest of cinema that it doesn't feel that unique at the same time but god like if he didn't nail the 70s my good this is the most authentic looking like 70s period piece steph actually asked when was this made yeah. Within the first six minutes, because she actually thought this was made in the 70s. And it may have been the fact that we were watching it on Plex, which only shows in 1080p. And some of the streaming quality may right. not have right. been great. Broken down a little bit. But, gosh, the colors, the sh the framing, the production design, the sets, the e everything, the sound. Oh, my goodness. It was like stepping into a time machine. Um, the... There's a, the, I, I think I need to watch it again to fully understand what this message is because it's okay. so subtle. Um, but it seems to be saying a lot of different things. There's a weird, like, character perspective switch about, I don't know, a third of the way through the movie. Like, you think you're watching a movie about one person, but it's actually about a different person. Um, it's very interesting. Both actors are uh, do phenomenal work. 
um, both Haim and uh, Hoffman are just wonderful. Um, but it's a very strange film. So now I need to go back and watch. Um, I need to go back and watch his other work, his previous works, I think, to fully understand what he's trying to do in this right. film. Because I don't think this was the film for me to start <laughs> right. my, this uh, is a, this my is relationship a, with Paul Thomas Anderson. Right. This is a film by someone who's worked his way through yeah. the cinema, right? Yeah. I need yeah. to go back and watch There Will Be Blood. I need to go back and watch like Boogie Nights. And I need right. To, you know, like do some of that other the master like and, random stuff like that. Right. And I've seen all, all I haven't seen the master. I've seen, I've seen the other two and yeah. I like them just fine. Uh, this feels to me to be quirkier in a small film kind of way. And that's yeah. why I haven't jumped at it, it. That's the thing is it, it's quirky, but it, it feels like it's, it feels like it's both a small film. Like it feels like it could be a small indie film, but it feels so big at the same time. Like, I just don't know how to describe this movie. Um, it's very, and I say it's strange, but it's not even the right word to describe it. It's just, I can't really classify what this movie is. I have a hard time with it. Okay. All right. Well, at some I point. I rated it four stars if that, out of five, if that gives you, I mean, it was good. Right. But I don't know how to, I don't know, even know how to talk about the movie. Okay. All right. All right. I'll take that. That's good. Yeah. Um, all right. So for my second thing, my original sort of lean in was going to be to talk about a Hamaguchi film, The Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy. Yeah. But I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um, I Because I, um, I think I've hammered that a lot. I may talk about that later on. Yeah. Um, this but, has been, I think, the second podcast in a row you talked about Hamaguchi. Uh, the freaking guy just kills me. But yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about something super strange in relationship. It's not film, but I want to talk about the new Paramount Plus series, Strange New Worlds, the new Star Trek series oh, that's yeah. come out. I just want to give like a huge plug for anyone who's been disillusioned by the arc-based nature of all of the new Star Trek series and potentially the overwhelmingly awful nostalgia of the Picard series and maybe the the overt, overt social justice nature of Discovery that there are people who have been put off by those things. Um, and th those shows, I, I mean, I think Picard's really weak, but I think Discovery's a lot of fun and pretty good. And I think the cartoon show, Lower Decks, is fantastic. Oh, there's but a cartoon show. There's a cartoon, Star Trek. It's, oh, wow. it's really quite good. Mm. But um, th what I will say is this. The Strange New World show, um, it brought me to tears three times really? in the first two episodes oh. because of not the nostalgia from the past, but because of a channeling of the design of the original series in a new form by not doing a big arc mm. and by making essentially a whole season of bottle episodes and there are only two sh episodes in but they're all bottle episodes for all practical purposes with yeah. a little line through at the back of that's all character driven um with metaphors about our society oh wow and so the first episode instead of being like oh look at all these people having emotional crisis it's look at all these inter interesting characters but the show's talking about the current almost civil war in america hmm. it now it's not because yeah. it's not going to do that. It uses a strange new world to have that conversation. Right. And for me, that was one of the most refreshing things I've seen on television, mm. just to be able to say, yes, we're going to talk about big issues, but we're not going to be literal. Yeah. We're going to use metaphor to teach a lesson. Um, and there are things That's that are great. nostalgic. There are things that are nostalgic, whatever. That but, I mean, some of the most powerful stories are told that way, right? Like that to to get the point across, like, I mean, sometimes you can't tell them the exact 
you can't just like tell somebody not to do something or try to tell, try to like, Hey, here's the lesson you need to learn. Right. You need to go through the journey and learn that lesson with those characters that you relate to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and for me, that really is what they're trying to do. And they are speaking Mm. to our culture. And instead of saying like, you should adopt the future, they're saying, look in the future, we can show you things that'll make you rethink your pa- your present. Mm. And Star Trek did that all the time, sometimes too much. Certainly <laughs> it was a film, a TV show from the 60s, right? So there's certain things about it yeah. that are like that. But I, I was more nostalgic for what it's doing than for like, oh, look, that's really cool how they did this in the episode or whatever mm. that reminds me of something I watched 25 or 50 years ago, whatever it is. Cool. So anyway, there you go. That's great. That's a good plug for that. How many shows do they have? How many Star Trek shows are there out So right at now? this point, if you count this one other cartoon called Prodigy. <laughs> There's two. <laughs> that's a kid's show. That That's okay. designed as a kid's show through Nickelodeon. Um, one, two, three, four... Five. I think there's five oh now. There may and, be more Star Trek content out there right now being made than Star Wars content. Uh, if I uh, well, no, for sure. Their goal is to have a full running cycle. So wow. Picard has one more season, and by that point, they'll have this Section Thirty One, which is going to sh- star Michelle Yeoh in it. Like, is she, it really? She's that's her series. Oh my! Um, in fact, she just appeared, believe it or not, on a Star Trek Fleet Command commercial, uh, a commercial for the game that I play. She appeared. <laughs> In the commercial, as her character <laughs> from Discovery, crazy. Oh my and then gosh! Thirty-one. So they, they, lower decks. The cartoon show is going to last for a long time because mm. that's what happens with cartoon shows, right? Right. And Strange New Worlds will go for a while. It's got at least a couple of seasons. It could go ten before it has to end Jeez. for a reason. Discovery could keep going. So they could they could feasibly have a Star Trek show running fifty-two weeks a year, which gives a reason for people to keep buying paramount plus yeah there's yeah. a couple of shows on paramount plus that are all right uh they're trying the halo show right now i did you watch any of that i haven't because i didn't hear great things Woof. uh i'm i got through four episodes there are some really unhappy fans well i can't imagine fans yeah. would be happy and i like some of the actors in it yeah but uh it it's not yeah it's it's not your granddad's halo <laughs> Which you might actually be able to say at this point. I know, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, I remember playing Halo on the original Xbox as like a 10-year-old and like 20 years ago. And it was good. So like I understand like enough Halo to realize that this show is not... I didn't even own an Xbox. I only ever played it at a friend's house because right. I wasn't allowed to have <laughs> wasn't allowed to have like a shooting game like that. <laughs> And so, like, I I understand it a little bit, but I know that this show is not the Halo that the fans have been dreaming of right. for so long. I actually hear, though, that it gets better and better each episode. I don't know if that's true, but uh, that's just what I've heard. I like the I like some of the first episode. <laughs> um, there's a there's a the, someone in the writers' room is having difficulty determining how. They could tell one story, uh, and so there's there's all there's those B plot things that yeah. shows like this do, and the B plots are not as strong. It's just not the as problem strong. Problem is the, sh- the show's already been written for you. It's in the game, right? Just take the game. What like these fans right. just want the game in live action. That's all they want. Uncharted, yet another example of the same. We thing. just want the game. Just Honest give us the goodness. game that like, and it feels like that's what they're gonna end up doing with. Um, 
The Last of Us. It's Every really time scary. I see pictures, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the exact truck in the exact scene in the exact place that this exact moment happened. And I'm like, this is this is great. I think they've maybe they've learned that you can adapt a video game into a film, but you just gotta do the game. Let's like, just stop hope giving that's us the other case. Th- let's hope to God. So I'm okay with variations of things, but um, yeah, we'll we'll see. Anyway, right. ready to uh, dive into our yeah? Let's go go into yeah. the theater and check out the film, <laughs> and then we'll uh, come back out. All right. I did what I had to do. our world you cannot control everything strange you opened the doorway between universes and we don't know who or what will walk through it wanda what do you know about the multiverse this had his theories he believed it was dangerous he was right Okay, so spoilers ahead for Doctor Strange. This movie, man, very excited to talk to you about because I have very mixed feelings. Yeah, I, I had I, I have very mixed feelings about this movie. Yeah, it's um, well, <laughs> I have a little, I have a few talking points here. I guess um, I don't you know I normally I ask you what did you think. I, I instead I want to ask you, does this film work or not? <laughs> That's what I want to ask. Um, I don't think it's a good movie. I think it's a good limited series. Should it have been a TV show? Is that what you're saying? Or more than one film. Huh. I, I think that this movie doesn't work completely yeah. because it's it's just too much. It's madness. It's Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's madness with... Um, without the anchors that we need yeah. to make it work, I think, in some ways. And there's a lot to like about it. Like, oh, oh, this oh, yeah, is yeah, not... Yeah, yeah. The there's wor- a lot of really good stuff. Yep. And but th- I think there's a solid amount of bad stuff that we can't overlook. Right, I agree, you completely. Know? So this film, for me, falls like somewhere middle of the road where I think that this is a completely forgettable film. And at the same time, very memorable in the fact that it doesn't feel like every other MCU film that's out there. You're right. Right? It, it feels completely different than the other MCU films. It does many of the same things MCU films do, just in different places. Mm-hmm. So the, like, the order's all out of whack, it's certainly. It's super weird. I like. I feel like I need to see it again just to dissect like their acts. Like there was, I think there was three main, three. Uh, there could have been four main, there could have been four acts. I can't really remember because there was just so much that happened. Yeah, I mean, you're but, right about you know, that. But there was like this, there is this thing, and again, spoilers ahead. So if you haven't seen this film and don't want it spoiled for you, then um, go away. Uh, chances are if you've, if you've made it this long without something being spoiled for you, then you are a god because I wasn't even able to keep John Krasinski off my timeline. So right. if you've managed that, then you're amazing. But... There was something weird. Like I, the first time I felt weird in the film was after Strange and America Chavez jumped through the portal, and they were just walking through this weird futuristic garden in New York. So, so when they finished the the memory montage. bank, the memory wall section, right? That whole thing 
felt weird because like it was like it was right after the attack on Comertage, and I don't like I'm like did that launch me into Act Two? Because it felt like <laughs> Act Two had already kind of started. So there was just some weird structural things. I, I just couldn't pinpoint necessarily where I was in the film, which made me feel like the pacing was a little strange. And then I found myself like checking my watch once or twice, wondering how the heck long is this movie? Where are we going? It was just like a strange feeling. I, I think that you bring up from a dramatic standpoint a beat that is real. I'm, I'm sorry, we've decided because of <laughs> the, my health to come back to my house. And you may hear my cat honking. This is the mic was near his face but he does he honk sounds like, a, like a duck yeah there you go i don't know if you heard that or not but that's that's a cat anyway um so so you're right carmitage is destroyed there's death everywhere oh and strange the, is there and the second you see all of these guys out on this balcony you're like oh look a cannon fodder this oh my goodness and, but, and talk about like that place invests a lot of time in people. Yeah. You, you don't just get to go, like they don't go, like you don't enlist on the street. Right. They're Re handing out pamphlets. Refilling that organization <laughs> is ridiculous. But yeah. that aside, this giant emotional thing has happened, right? This huge disaster and they're on the run. Mm -hmm. And we end up in this gardeny, weird, reverse light New York, whatever. Yeah. And we stop. And the moment that strange experiences is like a girlfriend moment yeah which sure maybe that's your plot line but it can't it only your plot line if you say strange cares nothing about any of those other saucers because mm. that's the big like yeah. that's a big emotional moment and yeah then you get america's like moment too right and i have some issues with that because i don't know why she's speaking spanish yes <laughs> yes I just don't like she felt very underutilized to me in a sure. lot of areas. Um, she felt like she was just kind of along for the ride and which she was, but she was she was just she was just kind of like this uh this 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 complication that Strange had to deal with, right? Who then ended up being the savior in the end. Mm -hmm. Um the savior in the end in a kind of a weird in a way that made sense, but also, I don't, I don't know. There's just, it's it's a MacGuffin Arama, right? Like like a MacGuffin and a reverse MacGuffin. Well, there's MacGuffin well, okay, after sorry, yes, MacGuffin. You're right. you're right. Well, because the MacGuffin is the dark hold in general, for, and the MacGuffin is the, the white hold, right? And the MacGuffin is America Chavez, and the the good guy book, yeah, the white book, whatever, yeah whatever that was called someone's going to be angry yeah i don't know listening. what it was called either um so there's at least three MacGuffins, right that yeah. we're dealing with in this film one of them alive it's hard to make a MacGuffin a, a narrative character yeah and uh well and let alone have three of them in your film right. like you need to have you're having three it's like hard enough to to do it well with one then you gotta have three of them and the MacGuffins shift in importance multiple times right mm -hmm. so like the dark hold is this constant thing and then it gets destroyed and then it's about finding the next one or the original dark hold and then the other book of light gets destroyed you're right there actually is the other one too right because there is the 
the building that is the MacGuffin that is the dark hole. Again. Yeah, like yeah. there's like a strange amount of MacGuffins and they just kind of switch off in importance because there's like this step, like you need the dark hole to get to America Chavez and you need America Chavez to be able to get to the like the light book. Right, and you need the light book to defeat the bad person, but you <laughs> yeah. also need Chavez yeah. to defeat the bad person. Yeah. And you need the dark hold in order to drive the dream walking yeah. portion of yeah, the story. Yeah, there's like just a lot of it's there's a lot of MacGuffining mm -hmm. happening, and it's a, it's pretty complex. Um, and you don't feel anything because of it. Like you're, there's no like it doesn't affect our characters. You just feel like, oh no, that book has been destroyed. So now what are they going to do? Well, like it doesn't change yeah. them mm -hmm. as a person. It just causes you to say, oh, okay, well, I guess they're going to figure out a different way. It's not like they've they have physically have changed, except for in the end where they do change. And Strange ends up becoming – actually, Strange doesn't really change. Strange has always been the Strange we knew. He just subverts the expectations for all the other universe right. beings, right, mm -hmm. who say all Stranges are this. This Strange says, I am not like my other counterparts in the multiverse it's complex i think when you bring the multiverse in it just gets so complex that there's 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 so many like little pieces to talk about that uh it just becomes an impossible thing to manage so so i think your question is a great question and i think the issue for us is that the movie may be uh may have may not have a strong enough core yeah whether it's character or emotional to hang all of the stuff they're hanging on it yeah it, that's and that's not to say Olsen isn't really good at what she's oh, doing oh she's great she she really d puts a tremendous performance mm -hmm. in there mm -hmm. um, no she's great I I my okay so my my biggest issue with this entire film is the ending um I think the way she like where Wanda went was fine. I think it was fine. I think like her her epiphany moment of like Chavez showing her the kids and the kids being scared of her. Like I think that was a perfectly acceptable ending. The problem is when she sacrifices herself to destroy the Darkhold, I don't have any emotional uh, attachment to that because I've seen her in the other multiverses, and I know from Marvel that her IP is too valuable to let her go, so I just know already that she's gonna show up. Like, her death means nothing to me, and it undercuts everything that happened in WandaVision, and it's, it's, there's no weight attack. Like, I'm like, oh, she's dead, that's great. I know this is the Wanda that like we grew with over the course of a couple years, but to me it doesn't feel that way because of the lights, like the switch flipped, in between WandaVision and this film. We never got to see Wanda transition to this darkness. We just got right. to see her all of a sudden using the Darkhold in a post-credit in WandaVision, and then all of a sudden she is bonkers nuts off the walls mm -hmm. in this film. Like I think if we saw a slow transition, and some people could argue we did see that in WandaVision, but Except we didn't Wanda see Vision the switch. needed to resolve positively, and so right. they give her this out, right? Right. And and we are missing missing Vision completely from this film. Yeah. Who's a critical component in Wanda's yeah. story, right? So there's right. something weird going on there too. It just doesn't feel. It doesn't. It doesn't impact me the way that that 
scene should have impacted me because we saw other Wandas in other universes. And I realized they had to do that because of the dreamwalking. But because I know Marvel and there's no way they're getting rid of Scarlet Witch. Right. I don't feel anything with her death. In, in a lot of ways, this was the best telling of the Dark Phoenix saga we've ever had. Right? <laughs> this movie was definitely better than Dark Phoenix. And, and it is, I mean, it, well, either Dark Phoenix, right? Yeah. Like any, oh, yeah. any ma manifestation of that on film. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's what they're doing, right? They're telling that story mm -hmm. of this character who's so OP and becomes evil by the virtue of where the power comes from. Oh, that's a thought. You know? Is she so OP that overpowered that they just decide to get rid of her altogether because they don't want to have to deal with this OP character And now we'll come back else? with a... Because we are assuming that the other Wandas in other universes aren't as strong as that Wanda, right? Because the entire Illuminati... Right, the entire Illuminati just dismissed the other Wanda mm -hmm. as just a witch. She's not like this over this super powerful being. She's probably a mutant that Charles Xavier knows and like knows that it, she's not this type of person, right? right? So they're just dismissing her. Meanwhile, Strange, on the other hand, is this character who is overpowered potentially in their universe. But in this universe, he's good. In their, their you know, it, it gets very complex. But yeah, that's a thought. I yeah, I mean, I just think that they, they did a nice job job with with her arc it's just that the impact is lessened because of mm -hmm. the fact that she, they, they just can't lose her no like i'm like really i know she's not leaving the story, there's no way right? she's leaving right and there's stuff unresolved with her and vision that i have to say hmm, I, that that has to be resolved yeah, eventually right so they can't get rid of her completely mm -hmm. um anyway that was my biggest problem i think with the entire film um and that doesn't preclude the fact that we would say her performance was really on. No, her right? performance was great. Her performance was wonderful. Right. Um, I think it's, I think it's her best performance in all of the uh, MCU. Sure. Uh, I'm glad she was able to do something completely different than she's been able to do in the, you know, the previous films, and mm -hmm. even in WandaVision, she was great. Uh, and it's been nice to see her transform in this role. But I, I just don't think the payoff was there. Right. Agreed. Yeah, I'm right with you. I'm, you know, I'm with you there. Just wasn't there for me. Um. Let me ask, where does this film shine the most? Like, where did, where does, where is it at its best? <laughs> um, that, so that's a really fascinating question because I think that it's the issue for me is it often takes its shine and then like shits on it. Like, uh, I <laughs> that's think what, exactly what it <laughs> I feel like it has these like it's like moment after moment of yeah. like, oh wow, look where we're going. Oh, we're gonna yeah. crap on that. Yeah. Let's go where we're going. We're gonna crap on that <laughs> because because the movie is dry because plot is driving the film so much, mm -hmm. right? And multiverse is driving the film. And this relationship with Strange and his girl, right, is yeah. driving the story so much. And I know that that's an idea, right? You wanna have this emotional core underneath it. Right. But that that doesn't, it. but the film ends up getting beat up by that, right? So I think that like, why, we want to talk about the Illuminati separately, so let's just yeah, don't even go there. I yeah. won't. I won't do that. Yeah. Um. I. Th I feel like each time I got to a place where it shined, mm -hmm. whether it was the that the battle between the Stranges late in the film, like there's this sort of interesting thing happening there, or some of the moments with the Darkhold, or even that opening 
sequence with the evil strange mm -hmm. you know um it 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 got pulled back and what yeah. i want to I, I, and i know you probably have a bullet point about this so i'm going to be careful oh, I'm, this, I'm interested if <clears> I, do, I feel like this is raimi like i feel like this is sam raimi like mm -hmm. th I, that's going to be what i want to say about the film right yeah so where it shines is raimi yeah and its yeah. problems are raimi okay yeah right so I love Raimi's self-awareness about his historical cinematic career. Mm -hmm. And so there are moments it shines. It shines when you have a Necronomicon in the film, right? It <laughs> right. shines when you have zombies fighting at the end. Right. Uh, it shines when you have the the jump scare and the stylized camera work and yeah you know yeah, bruce yeah, yeah. campbell punching himself the way his <laughs> character does in evil dead 2 right right like, all of those beats are like great funny weird yeah uh, Raimi's a way of seeing through a camera lens is fantastic mm -hmm. but it's also not emotionally driven right right Raimi's about your experience of the warped world yeah not like no matter what there isn't a moment with i i don't think there's a moment maybe someone feels this way where there's a real sincere emotional hmm. depth in the evil dead films right they're action plot humor madness right and right. gorgeous interesting cinematography and filmmaking yes and, and yes and this this film is at its best when it's doing that mm -hmm. and it's at its worst sometimes because we notice then when you shoehorn the emotional stuff into that uh -huh. just doesn't play for me well and the emotional stuff feels like it so this is how i was thinking of it was this i mean it really does ooze Raimi's cinematic language right and so like it's just it's just has Raimi written all over it and i haven't even be real i haven't even seen the evil dead films i've seen scenes i haven't seen the entire films i haven't seen you know i've seen scenes and so i know enough of Raimi's visual language from those scenes to understand what he's doing uh the floating camera hidden behind the staircase um the weird warpingness as they're being drugged like there is there is stuff every push-ins like freaking push-ins to dutch right like like I know what I know what Raimi's visuals look like. Um, I, even dialogue is like pulled from Raimi. Like go back to hell, right, or something like that. They say at one point. I'm like that is like Raimi inserted that so hard. He like needed the one line, right? He needed the one liner in there. And the stuff is so. It's almost to a point that it's cheesy, but I think it works when he's able to to like just let it be what it's gonna be. But, and I think this is what you're saying, is that, you know, the thing with the MCU is that, yes, we're going to let Raimi be Raimi, but we also need to still be the MCU. And so we have to have these scenes. And this is not necessarily Feige's fault, but it's just the overall plotting of where these characters need to go. We need to have this emotional scene. No ifs, ands, or buts. Raimi doesn't excel at that, like you're saying. And so because of that, he is shoehorned into doing them. They need to happen one way or the other. And so Raimi, you're going to do it. He doesn't excel at he does not. He does not do well at that. But I'm wondering if there was 
if if there you know wasn't even a negotiation that happened to be able to get this character from point A to point B without doing those emotional moments, right? They had to happen. You had to you had to resolve Christine and Strain's relationship, which they didn't really do. Right. Do you know what they I'm they like, multiverse solved it, right? Right. Yeah. So those emotional moments or those in quote unquote emotional moments that didn't feel emotional to us on screen, like they didn't land properly, right? Is essentially what you're saying. Is that what you're saying? Essentially, well, I, I want to remove the word properly. I'm, I think I'm okay. going to say effectively in effectively, relationship sure. to. So it's like um, there's a there was a plot, right? And yeah. there was a writer's room. Yeah. And then there's a director, and that director's style is so strong. Yeah. That, and his style is about distancing. Right. I talked earlier about the parallax view. One of the things that the cinematographer. Uh, in that film talks about is that he believes that film should be distant mm. that you shouldn't be in close-ups often mm. because it makes you too connected and the world becomes too real around you mm. and he likes the idea of big buildings and big spaces and small to big and all of this kind of stuff Raimi's like a stylist like that you know yeah. he's oh yeah and, and as a result the style overwhelms yeah this because it isn't the style isn't about the core marvel emotional beat and if they had abandoned that beat if this hadn't been a story about strange and christine yeah this might have been a far more enjoyable right anchored holistically strong film yeah no i i agree i don't i don't i, I don't think christine was needed at all as a character in this film right like if you lifted christine completely out could strange have done everything on his own I think I think probably, you know, they've just mm -hmm. given him this B story to make things a little bit more interesting, but I don't think that it necessarily added to the film. So I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, that's my, the so I love the Raimi stuff, right? I I thought it was fun. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. interesting. My favorite Raimi films, The Quick and the Dead, the the Western that he made. That if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's mm -hmm. freaking fantastic. But again, it's like a mechanism. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's this experience you have that's about moving with bullets and right. and discovering that you're on the back end of a, a hole blown up in a guy and you know the emotional nature of it is is just not that strong um, mm. and I think you could say that about his Spider-Man you can say that about all of those those films um, but yeah. that doesn't mean they're bad movies right no they yeah. just when they when they're just the thing they're supposed to be they're really enjoyable and they really function and here there's this other thing happening that's a marvel thing that works with people like watiti that works with right um uh gun like they understand that because th they're about the, the their style is mm. second to their story right their storytellers where Raimi, i think is a stylist oh no doubt you know yeah um, i mean there's even there's there's there were times even when um you're on the you're on street level in new york in this film and I'm saying, wow, this really reminds me of watching the Spider-Man films as a kid. Yeah, there you go. Like it mm -hmm. looked like that. It just looked. He loves throwing taxis through windows. Like he just loves doing it. And like there's stuff. It's just. It's just how Raimi sees through the camera. Like you said earlier, he just has this such such a distinct look. I mean, part of that is though is is like you said, what makes this film great? It's why the Thor movies are great. It's why the Guardians films are great. Right? They let directors go and do what they do. Um, 
And I think that even in the Spider-Man films, there are good beats that happen emotionally. I think there's actually good emotional beats in there. Uh, they're a little cheesy for sure. And I think that this film, you, there's, there's some cheese in this film. Um, especially when it comes to sound effects. I think there's some sound effect cheesiness um, that feels like an indie film made back in the 70s or 80s or something sure. like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I so I think Raimi could pull off emotional moments if he was in complete and full control of where this is supposed to go. But because we're just dropping Raimi in as a drop in the bucket in the entire MCU, he doesn't have full control over where the character is supposed to go next. He's only he only has to get Strange from point A to point B, mm -hmm. and doesn't have say about necessarily like wh how that's going to happen. He can only direct the moment that it's going to happen, right? So here's the moment you have to direct this, right? Not like hey, you need to get Strange from here to here. I'm going to tell you how he. They've just told him how to do it. He just has to to do it in his voice and it's hard to do that when you're not the person creating the moment because the stylistically you'd create the moment based on your style instead of trying to f make your style fit the moment right right or or just lay your style on top of the moment right, right. or around the moment right yeah, it absolutely. Just, it's, it's like trying to shove a, a square into a circular hole yeah i mean that that whole last battle sequence right feels so much like a Raimi sequence yeah but it's not about emotion right it's about right it's about cool interesting effects and good god guy with look. half his jaw gone and man the zombie stuff was great so I loved that so much fun the, the 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 spirits becoming wings was one of the coolest visuals in the MCU mm -hmm. like that was so cool um it's cool there's cool fact the cool factor is really high um in a lot of places but yeah, I just don't think the movie stuck the landing necessarily. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. it, I have such mixed feelings about the film um, that, yeah, I mean, I'd watch it again. I had a good time in the theater watching yeah. it for sure. I, I don't put this in the bottom of MCU at all. Oh, I, no, I, no. And I think it's, yeah. I think it's, a, it's fine. It's just uh, you, you have to be honest about the experience. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it'd be easy to, to say this is a, It'd be easy to say this is like a really, really good MCU film, and it'd be really easy to say that this is not a really good MCU film. Mm -hmm. Like you can go either way. I don't think it's either. I think it's just very, very middle of the road, and it's enjoyable to watch. And I think, like you said before, we went in to see the film. Based on what you've heard, you've heard that you know if you're a Raimi fan, you're probably gonna like the film. If you're not a Raimi fan, then you might have some problems. And I think that's definitely true. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's definitely true. Um, what did you think of um, that music fight at the end? Uh, the Doctor Strange music fight. Yeah, I mean, it. This is I just was saying like it was. It's like a <laughs> like straight Raimi thing, completely yeah. expectable of it. Yeah, it was weird, very strange, very yeah. seemingly out of character to much of the rest of. Okay, I'm glad you said that because that's exactly how I felt. I yeah. said, "Why would they be?" F I'm like, I'm down with him like picking out notes and throwing notes at as a weapon. But then they just kept creating like this symphony orchestra, and like I can just, I can just, it just felt gimmicky. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that I think that the film overall showed a lot of cool, different like powers of Doctor Strange. Right. Um, there's like floating hands that he can pick up like yeah, street when he, lights with. He did his sort of like Green Lantern yeah. arm thing. Like yeah. there was a lot of cool new powers that we saw from Strange, but I didn't love that 
that one in the end. It just, it, like you said, it felt out of character. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it felt to me, to me like a gimmick. But. Well, and had it been short and part right. of something, it right. might have felt better, right? right. But it, 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 it just, it distinctly it felt was like, the fight. It felt like they said, we want to have a fight where they throw music at each other. Right. And then they wrote a scene around it. And then you're thinking like, wait, is this... Wait, are we in Fantasia? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's, yeah, exactly. It, yeah. In some universe, Mickey Mouse is also Doctor Strange. He's right. Sorcerer Supreme in another, maybe that's what in another world. Is that learn. what Fantasia actually is? Is that he's actually Doctor Strange? Anyway, um, do you want to talk about the elephant in the room, which is the Illuminati, and yeah. go there, or do you want to go somewhere else? First? No, let's, let's talk about the Illuminati. There's a couple other things to talk about too, but let's do the, the Illuminati for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've pretty much exhausted my my little list of. Yeah, things. I want to it's, talk about Wong a little bit. I want to talk about? Oh, great! Um, the cool. Illuminati. Well, it doesn't matter what order. All right. Well, going. well, let's go to the Illuminati first and and talk about this. Um, this was another problem I had with the film. <laughs> um, when the most interesting thing to happen in your film is inserting different characters that we haven't seen before. Your film has a problem. To me, this was the most interesting thing that happened in the entire film because it 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 likely propels the rest of the MCU forward, right? And so, seeing Captain Carter, seeing Professor X, seeing uh, Monica Rambeau as um, Maria Rambeau, Maria Maria Rambeau as Captain Marvel, and then seeing. Uh, Reed Richards as John Krasinski, which has been rumored for the last like three years, pop in like that. I'm like that. Like that's the most exciting thing to happen in this film. And like, great, I'm here for the rest of Doctor Strange. But I actually, I, can we just? Can you just tell me what? Are they gonna stick around for the rest of this MCU thing, or like, where are we going here? Because now I'm, now I'm just thinking about them instead of this movie. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that, but. I was just so caught up with with them, like they they felt like a distraction to the film. I'm glad they were there. Believe me, right? Like, I'm glad they were there. It was exciting, but they felt like a distraction. So I, I'm gonna uh, I, I I'm really conflicted about the Illuminati. Okay, I want to know your thoughts. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you're already saying part of what I'm suggesting. So the okay. first thing I want to say is this: when you introduce a lot of characters so that they can be killed your movie has a an issue yeah right so no it, because you so you know that the mcu can't kill five major players right in a film to let our villain be villainous right right and so we need to get as if murdering all of carmitage is not bad enough uh <laughs> you know uh we yeah. need to get her to be like really evil so let's let her kill like these people who she doesn't know, right? Who are super powered. So let's show her power and yeah. kill her, right? Right. Um, and, and let her kill. But if Well, and we... not even super powered, like at the top of their game, super right. powered, right? right? Right, right. The Illuminati, right? Yeah. The best of the best. Yeah. And, the, you know, the, the. So there's this like super Easter egg thing of each of those characters, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, Black Bolt's this incredibly, I mean, for to some extent, deep cut because his series died, like the series that they have died so poorly on ABC. But the, <laughs> the um, you have these really interesting characters, some yeah. of which are like critical for people, like seeing Krasinski as, you know, Mr. Fantastic, 
like over the top exciting for people yeah. seeing you know um professor x in his 1984 chair yeah, right yeah. and then in the night or whatever is night whatever year whatever, that the is. yellow that yellow, the yellow chair, chair yeah. right like and playing the theme underneath it while he runs right, across right. right captain carter who is she peggy carter is truly one of the fan favorites right yeah and giving her that on-screen time and maria rambeau like who we're going to see again we know we're going to see her right yeah, yeah. um except in her our earth form really exciting right like super yeah. duper uh interesting but then for them each to be killed with what amounted to a um uh I, i'm trying to search for the word <laughs> uh, with a token victory yeah was really disappointing yeah it it was it was shocking both their like in the way they died and how they were treated like literally professor x's power was useless yeah it didn't he didn't even get to do anything yeah and so this is this is where this is the thing right i, I understand what they were trying to do right they're saying well scarlet witch is this powerful right that exactly. they can just that she can destroy these five people like one on five, right? Like one on mm -hmm. five, just tear them to shreds. Um, but when you do that, and then you have her up against America Chavez, who said in the beginning she doesn't know how to control her powers, it it undercuts that, right? Because again, she should have been able to just literally just change reality around her in a in a snap of a finger, and it could have been over. Well, that I mean to sidetrack there right the length of time it takes people to pull america's mm -hmm. power out of her mm -hmm. is varies very drastically yeah and yeah. um they should it does there's there's no science to it right it's the, like you've been able to world. do this this whole time though so you should be able to do it now like, yeah, should, like that's the reasoning it should behind just be it, like right? right but we're yeah. we're the time just seems to stagnate stand yeah. still just pull that freaking power out of her and go yeah. like you're done yeah you're you done. Could said this in the beginning of the Why movie we would have been fine uh, Anyway, um, but th but that was my issue for of the Illuminati. I, yeah, I, I liked seeing those characters. I thought it was interesting. I thought what happened with Professor X was weird. Yeah, um, the joke with um, Black Bolt was strange too. Um, Which joke? When he his mouth is gone, so his voice blows his brains well, out. Well, this is the thing, right? Like R Richards is so smart. Like you're talking about. Like this is probably like one of the smartest guys in right. in the in the in that universe for sure if not the multiverse it, right and he's gonna say that he's gonna tell you the tactic that right. black bolt's gonna open his mouth and whisper at you and you're gonna die and like you like scarlet witch can change reality here so like maybe don't tell her right what his power is you know what i mean like there's uh, there's just stuff that i'm just i like, just know what he was this he didn't even get to stretch his arm out no and he just turned into rubber bands yeah he stretched a little bit when he landed but, but that was but it you didn't get any you didn't get any satisfaction because and, you, so <laughs> i have to say krasinski never put that suit on he wasn't even he might as well have been home <laughs> in front of a green screen because you could see his floating head cut out or over top of this blue <laughs> right. suit um yeah, it, there were clearly people who were not on set all at the same time in that right. scene. It was it, it was a little distracting, but but yeah. So and like the Captain Carter stuff, I loved, but her demise is brutal and awful, and felt cheap and wasteful. Mm -hmm. And so 
And that's where I'm saying like the emotional yeah. distance thing because I needed to feel pain for them, but I didn't know them long enough. But I couldn't know them long enough because the movie wasn't going to give that yeah. time to them. And it becomes this really complex thing. And that's why I'm saying like as a mini, like a real prestige miniseries, not what Disney Plus has been doing, right? Mm -hmm. Which is just miniseries. There's not any right. sense of prestige to right. these pieces. But like do a, a West worlding of this or a right. Game of Thronesing of this where, you know, it's five or eight episodes with a lot of money yeah and you make episode three illuminati episode and you right. give you we start in their world with the illuminati instead of it being about a surprise and by the end they're dead and by the end they're dead that's a thing right yeah so like that's red wedding level stuff right you right? see you see richard's at home with his wife and kids you you understand who they are suddenly mm -hmm. strange bolts into this world in episode three in the middle of it and they grab him because they know something's wrong and maybe it's two episodes maybe they're three and four and the second one but there you have time you spend time with those characters you get connected to who they are mm -hmm. so that when they die there is emotional impact to you yeah um and shock like i can't believe it happened whereas right in this it was well this has to happen right yeah. this is dr strange's film right they're not going to win right <laughs> right right but you also have like so many other options you're like well maybe they maybe they do join him and maybe he convinces them but like you don't expect like when you introduce those five characters maybe you expect two of them to go but you certainly don't expect professor x or Reed Richards to, to die. Unless right? you're in a Sam Raimi film where yeah. it always ends up being Bruce Campbell's alive at the end. Like right, right, thing, right, right, the right, thing to remember right. is, right, the zombie guy yeah. who beats the, who can handle the Necronomicon. Like there's this like thing yeah. about him so that you can have people die in his films because there is a colderness to mm -hmm. it that mm -hmm. even though maybe Spider-Man, there's emotional beats. There's a coldness to those that allows that to take place. I think. Yeah. Um. So. So. Yeah. That. I love that they were in it. I sure hope we've opened the door for some. Seems like it. Future. Um. It I would like, like to it. see Captain Carter back. I think she is, like, really captivating. Yeah. I'm excited for the Marvels. Like all of that happened. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, it, again, like, I, it really feels like they open the door. It doesn't feel like you can tease Krasinski as Reed Richards and not have him come back. Um, feels like, at this point, he's pretty much signed on for a Fantastic Four film. We'll see how that goes <laughs> based on their track record. Right. Who knows? Third time's a charm. Yeah, well, maybe. Who knows, man? But uh, I don't know. Like, I just, I just don't know where you go from from here I, I mean the next film to come out is thor love and thunder and it's it's not going to touch on any of what we just saw right it's going to be completely different different space different different thing happening and so we're going to be left hanging on you know these characters this whole multiverse thing i think for for quite a while yeah we got to find how this loops back to kang like it feels like there's it feels like yeah. there's so many balls in the air right now yeah Spider-Man's a ball that's in the air, right? Mm -hmm. And this is now another ball that's in the air. And you know that Guardians are going to be floating in the air for a little while mm -hmm. uh, in Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, I just don't know how. I just don't know how these seeds are being planted. 
uh, to where like their roots are going to connect. Right. Right. I just don't know. I just don't, I just can't figure out how they're going to get there. And I trust Feige a lot. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, but it, it does seem like it's a big, it's heavy lifting. It, yeah, right? it really is. And we may just be expecting one thing that we're not actually getting to. Like, I think we, we do expect like the next Thanos level threat uh, being Kang. But it's totally possible that Feige could be creating three different types of like, not Thanos level, but maybe just underneath that three different major threats for multiple different teams right to come together and fight yeah you know yeah, certainly. um so i mean who knows I, I just don't know i don't know where they're going and it'll be revealed to us eventually but um yeah you said you want to talk about wong and strange a little bit right or just yeah. wong i mean i just want to say that i'm glad that he's in the film and that he has a substantial role i thought he died at one point i, I, I thought he was done yeah i mean he i mean it's also why it's problematic to kill the Illuminati when he could, she, she could really easily have killed Wong. And she misses like opportunity after opportunity to <laughs> yeah. do that. It, it, it's, it, it, two plus two doesn't equal four sometimes in this Be film. Because you know? the film is about 616, right? It's about our reality right. in the end. But um, we're not our reality, their reality, because I don't think we're in 616. Um, yeah, like you and I. Right, we're not in 616. Well, we can't be because they don't all exist here. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. So, uh, so, so anyway, I just I just wanted to say that I I loved having him in the film. I yeah. think he is a real, he provides drama and comedy effectively. You know what I wish? I wish that the romance between Strange and Christine was replaced with a bromance between Strange and Wong. That's what I wish. I think it would have been better. I think they could have had a little team up. I think there would have been real stakes for Wong being kidnapped by uh, Wanda instead of feeling like, uh, oh, my, you know, Wong's trapped. I got to get back there. Like, he can take care of himself is kind of how that line felt delivered to me. But if there was, like, actual real, he felt like he was actually in real danger, I don't know. I would have, I don't know. I think Christine was a waste of time. It, right. The more but, you talk about it, the more I'm like, so yeah. integral to the story they told, yeah. right? So, like, at some point, she became the line through. But could he have discovered that happiness? Are you happy, right? Could he have discovered that without her being in the through line, right? Like, he, she could have been the through line, but imagine ending up back at, back, like, full circle, back at the beginning, in a way, just not at her wedding, somewhere, mm -hmm. I don't know. And him still having realized that through the journey he went on without her being in that journey. Sure. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, think I that would have been better. It's just, it's oh. really hard when you have a non-superpowered character right. floating in the midst of this environment because they, in order to keep them alive, you have to sort of cheat the danger. Right, that's right. Around, you have to right? lessen the, the the threat level. Right. Those those spirits should have demolished her. It, it, she has no power to fight them, right? She kicked one into a clock, and that was it. And right. I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't. So there's stuff that just doesn't add and, up to me. And that's those spirits are Raimi spirits, right? Like, yeah, oh, straight yeah. out of, I mean, whatever a film, Drag Me to Hell, whatever a film you want to call mm -hmm. from him. There's that sort of madness of those sort of spirit world. 
And you can kick them around, which I think is really interesting that a regular human can kick them around. But when we get to Wanda's place, right. there's she can't survive in that world. When, right. when Wanda is killing the Illuminati, Christine's survival seems impossible. And so the fact that she does becomes undercuts yeah the story but you know in a way right yeah 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 no exactly it, it there's and there's multiple moments like that that happen not just with christine but with other characters mm -hmm. too that undercut the the tension and the 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 thing that's happening so um yeah last question i have is is mordo is mordo a whiny little bitch in every universe <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why Andrew Ford's doing that character. No, they they didn't do anything with him in this film. Oh man, I was what a waste! What a waste! It would have been great to see him kind of reconcile with Strange and defeat Wanda with him, or or be the defender in the Strange versus Strange house, right? Right, as opposed to Christine to be to be Strange's defender, right? As opposed to Christine, right? Or, last but not least, to be in the final battle with Wanda. Any of mm -hmm. those would be really interesting things. Yeah. But he was quite marginalized. Mm -hmm. I love the line that Strange says at some point, like, he, and he's been a pain in the neck for years now. Like, <laughs> yeah. for, for the movies you didn't see, the movies we didn't make, he was, he was my antagonist. We didn't make those movies. Yeah. So he, we're just going to tell you that it happened. So you're satisfied oh with it. Oh my god. He's been my, you know, my nemesis. He's been the thorn in my side. Are for you so kidding long. me? <laughs> um that yeah, that, uh, yeah, he what a waste. he's such a good actor. Yeah. Really truly what a waste. Um uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't know where else to go with this I, film. I think I want to say is it's a it's really a well-directed visually engaging story mm -hmm. that's fun to watch and yeah the, the giant monster battle that ends a marvel film really happened at the beginning and in the middle mm -hmm. and in, like they just did the final there was quite a lot of action and fighting in this yeah. film actually yeah it was kind of shocking the amount of the amount of action we we started in action and we don't really stop right yeah right I, honestly most of like that beginning you don't get a chance to breathe mm-hmm which is great. It was fun. It was it right. started off so fun. Uh, yeah, I think this is a film that one is. I think it's enjoyable in the theater. Like it's great. Go see it in the theaters. I don't think you need to give Marvel more of your money. <laughs> um, they're gonna make movies regardless. If you don't care about spoilers, which if you're listening to me right now, you clearly don't. We just spoiled the whole damn thing for you. Um, Watch it on Disney Plus when it comes out. Like, I don't think you need to rush to a theater to see this. Uh, just wait for it to hit digital. Like, it, you're going to enjoy it just as much. You don't need, there's nothing else coming up next that you're going to need this info for. Mm -hmm. So you can wait for it. Um, but I think this is a film where you just got to turn your brain off and say, okay, look, this is what it's going to be. It's going to tie into the MCU in some way. Some of the stuff doesn't add up as far as like, power level goes versus who pe or people are fighting and like it's just a thing just turn your brain off if you're gonna you'll probably like it if you can do that and i mean the only reason you wouldn't like it is if you just don't like sam raimi's style of filmmaking yeah i think that's, that's it. exactly it so 
I don't know. What do you think? Do you think you should see this in theaters or wait? And, uh, you know, it's you me. Think? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I think that yeah. people who want to be Marvel completists, yeah, go see it in the theater. Yeah. Um. I think if you don't see it in the theater and you see it on TV, the there's a TV screen. The only thing you're sacrificing is the scale of the disorientation that Raimi can create. Mm. Um. But like the other problem for us, right, is we saw it in the theater with not a lot of people. I was just gonna say, would our experience have been different if we saw it opening night? With a packed theater. I think this is a roller coaster. I think it would have been more fun, but we would have had generally the same conversation afterwards. I think you're probably right. That, that's my gut feeling. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think our energy level would be different. Yeah. But the analysis, I don't know. Yeah. 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 This was, yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Uh, anywhere else you want to go with this film? No, no, not with all the right. film at all. Great, cool. Well, what are you looking forward to That is that is coming out, coming up? So uh, can I talk about what I'm not looking forward to? Oh, please. This is a twist here. This is a twist. I'm not looking forward to Netflix putting ads on their uh, uh, Netflix uh, and HBO Max. Um, HBO Max is going to do it as well. Are going to be building an ad level tier. Well, what the hell is the point of streaming? So it'll be a tier. So you'll still be able to purchase the full price where you get it without ads. Okay. But if you choose like Paramount Plus, like, peacock to buy the five dollar off it, it'll be it, it sounds to me like it's going to be five dollars cheaper than whatever hbo max normally is i don't know it's like 16 bucks for hbo max a month or something like right. that it's going to be like 11 or 10 dollars a month and you get commercials put into your programming um and that will happen on and netflix is was saying they were going to do it within three years and now it looks like it'll be 2023 have they specified whether these commercials will happen at the beginning or will they, they be mid-roll ads or will they be like... So right now, HBO Max, I can't speak to. I don't have the details on what their plan is. But it sounds like Netflix is mid-rolling these things. Now, I don't think you're going to see mid-rolls in movies. I can't imagine they'll be in movies. But there's so much of Netflix is television now. Like is is wow serial, you know... Um, series con- uh, television that I think you're going to start to see th- now that means two things right like this is why I just wow. want to bring it up one is do the creators of Netflix now suddenly start to think in a standard 30 minute three act block structure right. or do we start to see the hour long programs in a much harder traditional act structure to permit or, or even just, you know, um, yeah. cliffhanger structure to right. deal with commercial spots where they would be. Or are those commercials going to be yeah. jammed in? Right. Well, like, where will they land? Right. You know, will they be specifically, you know, you have a 20-minute show. Will you have a commercial at eight minutes and at mm-hmm. 16 minutes, right? Like, where will these where will these land? Will it be an hour show? Will it be, you know... 15 30 and 45 like i don't know but the key is right and how long will they be like if i'm paying my full price right so like for hbo max i will undoubtedly continue to pay full price i'm mean, probably i'll do it for any of them but right for hbo max i'll undoubtedly do it um there will be no difference for me mm-hmm. but someone watching the same show at the lower tier yeah and will will have a difference and that Imagine watching Game of Thrones and all of a sudden you get a commercial. Yeah. Where does that commercial go? Talk about undercutting because it's probably going to be 
That's a cat, people. That is a that is a cat. You got that one. That, that was, was a good, good sound effect. Hey, bud. He, it's you know, just, time for just imagine snack. like it just you know all of a sudden you're you're throwing to you know a Mountain Dew commercial, and it just completely undercuts the tone of what you've been watching. You're sucked right out. I think that's a terrible idea. I don't think it's going to get them any more business. And Netflix has already lost like 200 million subscribers in the last month. I think Netflix is fearing that they're losing subscribers because of cost. And so they think if they drop their dollars that they're going to get more subscribers because there's this sweet spot where people have enough money to do that. Yeah. I don't know if I buy that I, I I think that, yeah, I think that their cost is too high for the amount of good shows that they're canceling. And so people can't trust Netflix anymore because Netflix has become this content machine that just pumps out shows. Some of them are great and really well received by the fan base, such as Cowboy Bebop. I haven't watched it. I know the fans of the show really, I, as far as I'm concerned, wanted a second season, wanted that to keep going. Uh, just cut. They just cut it. Like, you right. gave it one season. You didn't even give it a chance. Mm-hmm. And sure, there are some some like household like staple pillar shows, right? Stranger Things is holding Netflix up almost yep. all on its own. It feels like, and like, what are you gonna throw? Are you gonna throw ads in that? Like, people are here for that, or are you only gonna throw it in like the random stuff that gonna, comes out? Right. In order to make money, you got to throw it in that. You have to put it in your your big programs right right Right. and you need to be conscious about content a little bit you know i i can't imagine that like you know all of us are dead is going to get like commercials for i don't know children's toys like you know you know there's going to (laughs) be yeah yeah yeah, like the thinking about where things land is going to be interesting but i also know that i would hate to have had that broken up because my emotional response would be damaged because the the energy of that like right. relentless tension is part of what made that fil- that show good. It also takes away from it takes away from the filmmaker's vision as well. Like you and I talk a lot about supporting the like the filmmaker and the filmmaker's vision and letting that letting it be what it's going to be. You might as this is essentially inserting scenes that don't even belong in this movie into the film. Yeah. Just for product placement. Right? Like it it's 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 dumb. Um and I can actually get by with adding pre-roll ads Mm -hmm. i would gladly actually pay less on every platform to watch five 30 second long pre-roll ads and then have my entire film play i would do that i can't imagine they'll break movies up i guess they will but i can't imagine how you even think of doing that because one of the things like a thing like pluto tv i don't know if you watch pluto tv Mm -hmm. ever but pluto tv has all these movie channels and Mm -hmm. i can't watch any of them right because there's so many commercials yeah that uh two-hour movie can run three, three hours, three hours yeah. and 15 minutes, and it's just too much time. Yeah. Um, and the commercials are too regular, and um, I mean, some of the films I've seen them break up on there, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a crime to the film. Right. Like, it really is a crime. Yeah. I can't imagine they do that, but maybe they will. I can't imagine HBO will do that. No, but, well, because then, because they actually have, they actually have names that, like, actual film Right. Like Netflix has Scorsese. (laughs) I don't think they have anybody else. They have Scorsese. But like you're talking Nolan and uh, Denny Villeneuve Mm -hmm. are HBO Max, like in a sense, Mm 
collaborators at this point because mm-hmm. they're being forced to to go right. like collab with them, right? right. But like they're not gonna they're not gonna want to go to Warner Brothers if that's what's happening to their films. Right. They're gonna go elsewhere. And all of a sudden, you know, you're gonna see like this is only gonna keep supporting, I think, like places like A twenty four and Neon. It's only gonna raise like indie films or art house films up even higher because more people are going to say, oh man, these films are actually good and they're letting the filmmakers do what they want to do and there's no ads in front of it. I'm just waiting. A24 needs to get on the streaming service game here and just let it be a platform for filmmakers yeah. to do what they need to do. I I don't know. That's just super disappointing to hear that Netflix and HBO Max are, are planning to do that. Yeah, and it, the model works for Peacock and for Paramount Plus because they started as television, right? Right, so, right, right. right. Star Trek is designed to be a show with commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. So having commercial breaks in it doesn't... It's even, almost expected. It doesn't feel unusual, right? right. Um, but it's not, that's not but, the but, same but, for... But when, you're, when your uh, company is called Home Box Office, right. as if you're going to the theater at home, I don't... We watch trailers in front of movies all the time. Right. Those are essentially pre-roll ads. Right. Fine with it. Well, we had pre-roll ads... We actually Doctor did have pre-roll today. Ads. We that had was really ads. weird. We had two choice hotel. I completely in the middle of that. Just jam right in the middle. I said, "I'm watching this. Tra- I'm watching what I thought was a trailer at first. I said, "This really feels like an ad for a hotel." <laughs> when is the, how? Where's the story going? Wait, it is an ad for <laughs> and a hotel. Then it was. Oh my gosh, that was so strange. And I got up to use the bathroom for the second one. I was like, "I, I this feels really wrong of me to sit here and watch this." So anyway, just to say that's a thing for us to keep our ears open for. That's 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 a very interesting development in the world of streaming. So yeah. anyway, I think we should end it on that. Yeah, that's that a, that's a good note. That's yep. a good note. So thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Racking Focus podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please uh, leave us a review and uh, let us know if you enjoyed it. Leave us five stars, please. If you hated this episode, please leave us a review. Let us know you hated it. But please leave us five stars anyway so that we get bumped up in the algorithm and more people can either love us or hate us. Um, John, where can they go to find us on the internet? I was trying to get the cat to say something there, but he will only talk when the mic's near my mouth. (laughs) Uh, They can go to uh, rackandfocuspodcast.com, right? Yeah. Uh, and there, our social links are there and they can find out where we are. Yeah. Uh, and we haven't updated learn. that website well, in quite a while. No, I, so. I'm, well, school just ended, so I'm going to okay. go clean that up pretty substantially over the next <laughs> what week. What we're watching next, I think, so is we on can there say it, a year ago. <laughs> we can say it now because I can say it now because I know I'm going in and okay. I'm going to start updating it. Uh, so, yeah, that's the place to go. They can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, yeah, wherever the they places, might want to find us, all of those places. So, uh, and we'll be back soon to talk about Moon Knight. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus podcast.